Momentum, helping men succeed in life. This is Momentum with Timideus, and this week we've jumped out of the studio to record a fantastic interview with a guy called Brendan Tumata. Des spoke with Brendan about the rough start to his life, then sadly losing his family before being forced into state care in New Zealand. This eventually led to a life of crime before an incredible transformation. And you're going to hear all about this in this week's edition of Momentum as Des chats with Brendan Tumata. Today I'm introducing and interviewing Brendan Tumata. Uh, and so Brendan, I met uh, just a bit of background. I was driving through Pimpama in, in the Gold Coast and I happened to go in through a petrol station and I saw this motorbike that had Jesus Christ is Lord on the mm. side of it. And and uh, I went to find the guy and it was Brendan. So thank you. Welcome, Brendan. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So he, I'd just like to get Brendan to talk a little bit about his background and where he grew up and his, and his uh, early years of his life because it really did influence, as you know, you know mm. what happened in your world. So yep. please, yeah. tell us about that. Yeah, thank you, Des. Um, opportunity, praise the Lord for um, this interview because it's what, it, it's, what it's about for me. Um, it sort of started off as, as a young child, uh, just having no parents, um, and I always couldn't understand why I was one of the ones that had no parents. So I had no mum, no dad. Um, I was three years old. Uh, my father had a heart attack. I was in his arms, and he pretty much dropped dead to the ground from a heart attack. And this is what I was told by my brothers and sisters uh, as I wanted to know what happened. So as my life began um, already, um, it sort of had no foundation um, at all, um, and it was just it just started off as getting adopted out to homes. Didn't didn't know my background of my family. It, w- it was just really walking into a, a real dark place. All this happened in New Zealand, uh, where I'm from. I'm actually from Napier, um, in Hastings. Uh, the 16 of us, I'm the youngest out of the lot, um, as we all got pushed out from the death of our father, uh, my brothers and sisters ended up with the family where I ended up pretty much on my own. And it, it wasn't always like a full time, it was always like two weeks here, a month here. So at that stage it was just feeling really uncomfortable as a young child. So as time went on, uh, I just started realising that, you know, why has all this happened to me? I used to see families with kids and always used to wonder to myself, why didn't I have that? You know, why didn't I, you know, have that happiness yeah. in my life? I always remember through that time, uh, kids saying to me, we actually don't like you, you're only here because no one else wants you. So oh. things like that really stuck in my life. And it really bruised me and damaged me because those are the things I started believing yes, in yes. my life. And it went through a lot, of, a lot through my life, uh, those bruises. And um, it was a real hard thing to deal with. I was never stable. Um, but as time went on, you know, I just started like growing up, finding my own way. Uh, I just, um, just really got sick of being in these homes with these different families and so I just really felt like I just wanted to get out and just do what I wanted to do and just not listen to anyone so then at the age of 10 I um, I started hitting the streets until I was 15 
I just started um, hanging out with other street kids there and getting to know them and we sort of had to try and find a way to be able to get the food mm. pretty much be able to just live yeah. so my way of doing that was um, there were other street kids that were older than me so they used to go and get food from the bakery we'd get given free food and that was their job to do that what we would do is we would jump people's fences look for blankets clothes anything like that just to survive we'd jump over the fence grab it and that was our way of being able to clothe ourselves. What led after that? I mean, you were going through, you were getting the, your food from the bakery, you were with a group of guys. Yep. What came next in your life? Trying to find my way. Um, all I wanted to do was try and find love. It's one thing that I missed in, out of my life was trying to find that acceptance, people to yeah. accept me. Um, and at this stage, there was no one, I couldn't find that. So I sort of, um, started heading in towards the gang scene um, to to find that love and all as it took was to find that love was hey bro how are you you know mm. you know we're your family and that really struck me at the yeah. time because that's what I was looking for family and um, and I know there's a lot out there that that you know it's got the same story as me and 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 that's probably what they were looking for I just felt like my life was complete um, being amongst that. Yes. So, so you went down that path, and obviously, you know, if you're in that drug scene and you're into that space, obviously, at some point you get caught, and you end up serving time, and so yep. on. And I guess you got into that world as well. Yeah. Yep. I did. Um, and I actually, I, as as time went on, I had a family. Um, thought I was ready to be a dad, and I was actually really excited to take on that role um, but at the time I was still drinking still smoking so I sort of really felt like that I could still do all that and try and do my family as well um, which I couldn't at that you know I ended up losing my my first uh, marriage um, through that um, and, and even my kids just just through my actions um, I even lost my kids and really had that that uh, at that stage where my kids didn't want to know me um, and so that I just um, yeah just ex pretty much accepted that so I was drinking and doing all that all the fighting and all that going in and out of courts um, and went to jail my first time um, and I actually really enjoyed it because it was like I didn't really have to do anything everything was prepared yeah. the food mm -hmm. everything was there it was actually really good yeah so how many times did you end up being in jail three times i did my first leg and then i got out still doing what i was doing still drinking still fighting you know and then ended up back in uh drinking driving you know wouldn't listen ripping off boats in any, any um. anything my at the stage my life was just about ripping things off to be able to make money, to be able to get the drugs, to be able to get what I need, yeah. um, to be able to support my habit. Obviously, you had spent three times you were you were in prison, and you talked about you know the impact of that on your life. Yeah. But obviously, this last one because you didn't go back to, to jail yeah. had a huge impact on your life. So, can I get you now to talk about about what happened on that third yeah. visit? How long was it? How long were you in jail for the third time? Uh, the third time I was in jail for three months. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Tell me about yeah. those three months. And this is probably the most important 
about my whole walk of where the Lord really grabbed me. Yeah. And I, I, I know that there, there'd be a lot of men out there that will have the same story. So for me at the time, I'm a bit of a runner. I love running. Um, I've always been a runner in anything I'd run from. But when you're in jail, you can't run. There's nowhere to run because you're behind bars. And I always remember um, at the time, I was pretty much over my life on my third third prison. Again, I, I, didn't, I had nothing. I didn't have my marriage. I didn't have my kids. Everything was gone. So for me, when everything's gone, I'm like, what's the use of being here? So it was a time where I was, it was a choice for me. It was suicide or uh, Jesus. At the time, it wasn't Jesus. It was more the suicide is what I was thinking about. And I wouldn't have hesitated to do it because of the situation I was mm -hmm. in. So on my third leg, I went to prison. I was set up with another guy. Um, he was actually a Christian walking with the Lord. I couldn't understand because it's like, well, why are you in prison if you're walking with the Lord? You know, you shouldn't be here. His answer back was he was taking the blame for someone else. So we were set up together. That's amazing in itself. Yeah, well, it? yes, yeah. it was. I, I just couldn't get my head around that. Something that really struck me with him was the way he spoke. Like, when I, I remember when I first met him, I said, oh, why do you speak like that? And he just said, no, this is just the way I speak. And for me, because I spoke so rough, I just couldn't understand it. Well, I says to him, well, I'm, I'm the enemy and I've come here to make your life hell. And so pretty much that, that's what I did. And just just for our journey, I, um, I used to beat this guy up. This is the hate that I had for God. I just want you all to know that I, I had so much of a hate for Jesus because of the way my life was, I blamed him. And I thought that because this guy was a believer, it gave me the opportunity to make his life hell, which I did. So I would take his food off him. I wouldn't let him eat. I would get guys to stand in the shower room. I would go in there and I would absolutely just bash this guy because it was my way of punishing God was through this guy. I did that for two months and every bit of it I loved because it just felt a big release for me. And it, and, it, and it really just felt like that, you know, they put God on the cross and all that, and I was doing the same to this guy. So it got to the stage where this guy ended up bringing his meals to me. I even had the inmates saying, leave him alone. And because of the hate I had for God, I couldn't do that. So I used to beat him up, and I used to end up in a pound, and a pound is just a brick place with nothing in it and they yeah. put you in there for two weeks for uh, just for the punishment. One day, I just got over it. I got over beating this guy up, taking his food off him, and I was just tired. And so I, I gave myself a choice, and there was two choices. One was the suicide or Jesus. So I just remember one, one day I asked myself, well, maybe there is a God, maybe. So I, I went up to this guy and I says to him, what do I do to get to know your God? If, if these are God, what do I get to do to know that? He just says to me, go into your cell. And to me, this was just weird. It was just a real weird feeling. He said, go into your cell and just ask him into your life. Like open your heart and just ask him into your life. So that, that's really, that was really weird for me. It's just like, oh yeah, whatever. So anyway, I tried that because I had nothing else. 
I had no hope. You know, I had no love. There was just, I absolutely had nothing. So I tried it. I gave it a go. And I remember walking into my cell and I remember opening my heart and going, if you're real, show me now. You know, show me that you're real. And I just remember that experience of what it felt like to describe it. It felt like that I was cut in half, a spirit just come dwelling straight into me and my whole body shut. And then suddenly I just had this thing of love and my whole image just changed. And it's just really hard to describe unless you've, you've gone through it. And, and But that's how it felt for me. And then I just felt so different. Like I just felt the love that I've been wanting. I just, just felt like that, you know, God completed me um, and all the things that I was looking for in my life happened in a second. And so I remember coming out of my cell and I just wanted to tell everyone about Jesus, but I didn't even know who Jesus was. <laughs> but yeah. it was all about the timing. The timing was right for me. I was locked up. It had to happen like that. And me and this guy that I was beating up, we ended up being really, really good friends. And then I just really felt like I had to start a, a prayer ministry in my cell. So I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't even know how to pray. I don't even know what's happening. All as I know is, you know, going for the sign up in the eating area saying prayer in cell 20, you know, come in wow. if you need prayer, which I did. And there were guys coming in. And I remember this guy bawling, crying, and, and I couldn't understand what was going on, but it was the Holy Spirit. I didn't even know myself what was happening. At that time, they had no uh, no church in there, and so we was to be able to, you know, find out how we could get a church in there. So we ended up having a church service, someone coming from the outside in and started the church service. And it was just amazing. It was just amazing that how God was answering these prayers. So as all this stuff was happening, I just wanted to grab onto him more and more and more and more. Um, and it was just, you know, and then after the, the me and the, the guy that I was beating up, we ended up being really good mates. When he actually left the prison, it was like my soulmate had passed away <laughs> or something like that yeah, yeah, yeah. because we, we were just so tight. Hi, you're with Des at Momentum Australia. And I'm speaking today to Brendan Tomata and uh, we're talking about his life and what has happened in his world and he shared with us already you know about his childhood and that some of the issues he had as a child in terms of you know not feeling love and, and no parent and the influence that had in his life and then we've talked about him as a teenager and and going to prison and so forth and he's just shared with us the amazing love of God and Amen. That he got saved and he started a whole new life in Christ and so we want to dwell on that now and get Brendan to talk about you know what how his life looks now and, and some of the experience he's had as a Christian. My journey begins where you know life still wasn't easy it was still hard I still had the challenges but I had tools now God gave me tools to be able to fight the challenges that I needed to fight. God gave me the, the tools that, that I needed, you know, to be able to get through each stage of my life. And so I just wanted more of the Lord. And I, and I, I you know, had to really get into His Word and, and really mm -hmm. just, because um, that's where the meat was for me. And, and that's where it is, is you've got to get into God's Word. I couldn't read. I only knew how to read was through the Bible. Um, I couldn't spell, and the only reason how I learned how to spell was through the Bible. 
So everything that I learnt um, was through the Word, uh, especially my reading. But you know, it, it was really a time where I was hungry for Him. So it, it was through my stages, I really felt like, because all my kids was in Australia, so for me it was time to try and make amends with my kids, you know, try and, and just, just do the godly thing as, as a father. So I got myself into Bible school. I did a year of Bible school because I was, wow. you know, yeah, because I, I wanted, I wanted more of the Lord. I was hungry for Him, so I, I did that. And then after the year of Bible school, I pretty much moved to Australia, um, to where my kids were. Things were just happening. God, God would just. I just knew that that God just had my back. I just knew by. Um, I think the big one for me was daily, yeah. is like being in God's Word daily, not not when I felt like it, not just now and again, it has to be a relationship yes. with Him. It's, it's like your Very child, good. you know, when you have your child, you want a relation, you want to build a relationship with your kids. Well, I really mm -hmm. believe that for me, that's what God wanted with me, but it needs to be both of us you know like when challenges happen you still got to hold on to god mm -hmm. and you got to have that relationship and i and it was a every day every day get into his word every day put on the armor ephesians six ten. you know uh trust god of all your heart yes you know trust me of all your heart lean not on your own understanding Amen. you know and i will you know show you your path and it's those things find scriptures i found scriptures that i can really relate to that when I am going through hard times, I grab those scriptures, scriptures, I hold on to them. That's what it is for me. You know, Des, I just want to thank you for this interview because you know, I just pray that, um, that you know, this goes out to the, the ones, you know, God willing. And that's all I say. Yeah, that's great. Brandon, thank you so much for your time. It's been a real joy to interview you. This is Momentum Australia. And don't forget our website is www.momentumaustralia.org. That's momentumaustralia.org. And feel free to get some helpful information from the website. And thanks again, Brandon. Thanks, God bless, God bless thank you. you too. For more information, go to momentumaustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org.